Good morning, everyone. Oh, it indeed is weird, but as weird as it is, it's so incredibly wonderful that we can gather like this and... Um, You know, I'm trying to start on a I'm trying to start on a high point, but you know, I um I um I know not every one of you out there who joined us today knew who Sean was, but to us here in here in the church in Albany, he was a larger than life um, part of our fellowship, part of our lives, and um, and I I can't begin without acknowledging that. Uh, before you all, and certainly we need to be remembering Magdalena and Aaron and James and Faith and Matthew, and certainly Sean's mum and dad, Bernadette and Bill. We all have met Daniel. We've we've stood on the we've stood at the beach, and I stood alongside of Sean as we baptised Daniel. His sisters, Andrew, his sister Andrea and Natalie. Um, we just want you all to know that our hearts are so, so deeply with you right now. You know, I, um, I, I, there was a time when Sean said, I remember one time sitting at an airport, um, just coming back to Australia with Sean, and we'd, we'd been through, you know, a ministry experience, a missionary experience together, and you know, I'm sitting there at the at the airport lounge, and and Sean just 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 out of out of nowhere looked at me and said, "Chris," he said, "I'll follow you anywhere." And uh, I, I know he didn't understand. I don't think he understood how how important that was to me, um, because he he shone a light in our lives that that we simply we simply can't. We know we can't replace, but, but we know the light that has been shone there has directed us and moved us. And, and, and that's why this is such, is such a heavy week. And, and we know there's grief all around the world right now. Um, but right now, um, we just want to acknowledge that we have been greatly blessed. And... And we would have Sean to know that we will follow his Lord and his Saviour until we meet him again. As much I could say, there are so many experiences, there is, there is, there is so much to be said and, and, and those words will be said and they'll be shared over the coming days and weeks and months indeed for the rest of our lives. Um, we just want to say how blessed we have been. This morning, um, we want to bring another word of encouragement. We want, to, we, want to, we want to better lay hold of who God is and what God wants to do in our hearts and our lives, despite what is happening all around of us, all around us. You know. So I want to invite you this morning, if you would just uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 26. And we have this wonderful chapter, or actually it's, it's, it's a part of a group of chapters that, are, that, is, uh, that is talking about and leading up to the return of Christ and the establishment of, uh, of the, the millennial kingdom upon this earth. And, uh, but in the midst of this, 
In chapter 26, there is a song that will be sung. There's a song that is to be sung. And there are some words there that are just so familiar to us and such an encouragement to us, especially, I believe, in today. And we need to lay a hold of these words. And um, he simply says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Jehovah the Lord is everlasting, everlasting strength. You know, I've done some reading this week um, that has caused me to reflect. Caused me to reflect upon a certain group of people that have been in my life and uh, a big part of my journey. Now, I'm not going to mention any names this morning except one of them is is my mum. And... um, and this is a group of people, a group of people that are identified by their demeanour, by their, their unruffled composure. There, there's a tranquility about these people. They're, they're unflappable. They, they seem unperturbed. They seem, they're placid. They are even-tempered. The people, this group of people that I'm talking about are a people that know what peace is all about, you know. Another thing I've noticed about this group of people is that um, they're not necessarily people that have had the easiest of paths in life, you know. Some of them have been through and are indeed going through right now and are coping with difficult circumstances. But the reason I mention them this morning is each of them have this undeniable presence of God's peace that God is with them. And it's about them. That's why I said it's their demeanor. And of course, our demeanor is an outward expression, an outward display of an inward reality, something that's going on inside. You know, they have the peace that God brings to them. You know, there are two groups of people in your life that you simply don't forget. You don't forget those belligerent, tempestuous, stormy, impatient, noisy, agitated, always raging in their own energy, people. You don't forget them, do you? But you also never, ever forget those calm, contented souls who clearly know and express a reliance on an inner strength that is not of themselves. And that's the whole point this morning. It's an inner strength. It's an inner peace that doesn't come from themselves. They are serene. They are tempered in the calm and they are held together by this perfect peace when the world all around them is falling to pieces and they are not. We know these people, don't we Christians? We know these people. They touch our lives, they encourage us and we want to be these people, don't we? Do you? We want to be these people. Well, you know what I'm here to tell you this morning? I'm here to tell you this morning that this kind of peace, these kind of people, this peace that comes from God is the promise of God to all of his children, to all of his people. That's what Isaiah is talking about. Let me read it to you again. You will know, or sorry, you will keep, that is God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Jehovah the Lord is everlasting strength. He is the rock of ages. 
Here's the problem. The problem this world has in seeking peace that, is all, that it is always tied to temporal or transitory sources. And I don't think that people are always conscious of it. I, I really don't, you know. But so often a person's peace is dependent upon a relationship or their finances or, 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 or you know, a, a, a little green patch of earth surrounded by trees. A day in the sun, a walk on the beach, a boat on the water, a line in the water. So many habitual behaviours, so many different forms of security. All good things to have in our lives. Don't misunderstand me this morning. But the problem is this, Christian. The problem is this. We can be drawn into thinking the more of these things we have in our lives, the more at peace we're going to be. I have this story, I've told it before. I used to work, work with a, uh, a Down syndrome boy. I remember driving home with him one day and uh, I looked at him in the car and his face was just, his face was the picture of serenity. Absolute, it looked like this, this guy, absolute peace was right there. And you know why? Because on his lap, there was a big lemon cheesecake that we had made together. And in his hand was an icy cold Coke. And, in, and he looked at me at this moment and he said, Chris, Chris, you've got to know this. Life doesn't get any better than this. And then he just looked away from me and he gazed out the window with that faraway gaze of complete and absolute serenity and calm. It's a story I've told so many times. But here's the thing. Like all forms of peace that are realised through temporal pursuits, they only last as long as the cheesecake does. They only do. And even if we have the lemon cheesecake sitting on our lap and the icy cold Coke in our hand, guess what? There's always a different flavour of cheesecake that we want, right? There's always going to be something that we're going to be craving within our mind. It's just the human condition. The heart of the problem is the heart. The heart of the problem is that the heart will only ever find complete satisfaction when it's found in its creator. And that's why there is only one source of consistent, unassailable peace. And of course, you and I, believer, we know it in our mind. We know it in our mind. It is the peace that comes from God. We know it in our mind, but it's got to make that journey. It's got to make that journey from the mind to the heart. It's got to be preeminent within our beings. I love what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. Again, these are so familiar, these verses, but he said these words in, in chapter 6. He said, be anxious for nothing. Sorry, in chapter 4 and verse 6, he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And here it is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I mean, Jesus himself said on that last night, it's recorded in John's Gospel in the 14th chapter. He said, peace, in verse 27, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled. And he said, neither let your heart be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus was saying then our hearts don't have to be troubled. Jesus was saying then that our, that our hearts don't have to be in fear. Even then when he was about to leave and he was about to go to return to the Father and he knowing everything that those disciples, not only those disciples, but every child of God that would walk on the face of this planet, that would face the most incredible difficult times throughout the history of the church until the time that he returns to establish his kingdom. He knew that the difficulty would be there, but he's saying you don't have to be troubled you don't have to be in fear because I've got peace for you it's not like the world gives, no I've got peace for you you know the Bible is insistent that we cannot generate lasting perfect peace for ourselves But it is equally as insistent that perfect peace is something we receive from God and God alone. As I said, you've been reading this week, and I read this, I read this article that came from, uh, actually was a chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And he said, God's peace is superlative. It is excellent. The greatest, it is matchless, it is peerless, it is supreme. It's unparalleled, it's unrivaled, it's unsurpassed. It is so important that we understand the superlative nature of God's peace. He went on to say that the peace of God in his unrivaled authority, he is the creator, the sustainer and gracious redeemer of the universe. He is omniscient, knowing all from the beginning to the end. He is omniscient or powerful, dependent on nothing and no one else. He is omnipresent everywhere and yet present to those who allow him into their lives. There is unity of purpose in the peace of God, the oneness shared by the person of the Godhead, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. There is no discord or disagreement between them, only mutual glorification. And there is no panic in heaven. And I love it when I read that. There is no panic in heaven. This is what we mean when we talk about the peace of God for us. It means accepting the complete control of the one who is in control. There is no real peace without a firm conviction of the sovereignty of God. There is no real peace without a firm conviction of the sovereignty of God. That knowing that God sits upon the throne. He always has. He always will. And he sits in your heart. Perfect peace. That was very wordy, wasn't it? But it says to us it will not be realized by things, but rather perfect peace is received when our, or again as we have already read, you, he says, will keep peace him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Now our translation perfect peace in the English is actually the repeated Hebrew word for peace which is shalom. Literally it reads you will keep him in shalom, shalom whose mind is stayed on you. And so the repetition gives this emphasis and the idea Christian is that this 
That, th- that this is God's all-covering, all-encompassing peace for our entire lives, our entire beings, every aspect of our mind and our emotion and our imaginations. Everything that we experience in life. All of the what's and all of the why's and all of the how's. God who is sovereign, creator, sustainer, and gracious redeemer, he will bring peace, he will bring his shalom to even those things, those things that are beyond our own reasoning or understanding. So again, you, he says, you, God, will keep him in shalom, shalom. Who does he keep? Whose mind, those whose minds or mindset, you might want to read it saying, is stayed on you. We, we, would, we would say it like this. God will produce his all-encompassing peace in those whose minds is set on the Lord. If we will place our thoughts, our purposes, our intentions, our imaginations... On the Lord. If we will see him in, if we will see him everywhere, because he is everywhere, isn't he, Christian? If we will see him in everything, because he's promised to be there in everything. If we will live with this consciousness, what did we sing today? That the Lord would be the theme of our heart, right? The theme of our lives, the theme of our minds. Lord, I'm yours. This day, Lord, belongs to you. I know there is stuff happening all around me that I don't understand, but I know that I'm here for you and for your purpose. Give me your wisdom. Let this be our life. Let this be the focus of our mind. Lord, give me your wisdom. Let me shine your heart in this situation. Lord, keep me near to you. Stop me, move me, shake me, show me. Don't let me stray, Lord. Don't let me stray into my own desires and my own passions. Keep me from this world and keep me from its lust, Lord God. Keep my mind stayed upon you. That's the mind we're talking about. You know, all of us have emotions, don't we? We all have these go-to emotions that I think we need to recognize when the pressures rise and, the, and life begins to hit us in the face. You know, some of us, our go-to emotion is aggression. We just get angry. Others, we just, need, we just we, we ridicule. We, we start ridiculing. We start attacking. We start criticizing, you know. Still, some of us, we become dismissive and we, we, just, we, we just dismiss that thing or that person or that thing, whatever it is, you know. Some of us, we, we just become possessive, you know, or we withdraw, you know. Others of us just say, it's mine, I've got to watch mine, I've got to keep mine, I've got to watch over mine. And we end up, you know, so far, so very far from what we know God wants our hearts to be. And so again, we've got to come back to this mind, this mind that is set on him. Philippians 4, I know we've already read it, but in in verse 8, speaks of that mind. 
Actually, we didn't get this far. It speaks of that mind. I believe the Apostle Paul is saying the same thing. That says, stayed on the Lord. You know what he said in verse 8? Philippians 4, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there is anything that is praiseworthy, he says, meditate, set your mind on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and have seen in me, he says, these do. And what does he say? And here it is again. And the God of peace will be with you. You know what this tells me? This tells me this is how we are made. This is what we're made to be, I should say. We were created to glorify God. We were designed to receive God's love, God's forgiveness, not only to receive it, but to give it. And it tells me that there's this incredible potential in every single one of you out there. This this God-intended potential that that is encompassed in his truth and his nobility and, and, and the justice of God and the purity of God and the virtue of Christ and his purpose in every situation. In every situation, in everything. Again, because God is in everything. And he's always working. He's always doing things. And if you will trust him, if you will trust him, If you will commit yourself to have God on your mind, he will start speaking to you, Christian. I love what Steve said. I love what he said. He took that walk down the beach. And God spoke. And God will speak to us. And God will start showing us things. And you will realize, you will begin to realize his perfect peace begin to invade. I like that. That's how I see it. Begin to invade your being. Again, remember those words from Philippians. In everything. Did we read, did we read earlier in verse 6? I don't know if we did. But he said, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, he said, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Look, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something that is... That's hard for people to maybe even receive today. And that is, we should not be troubled. We should not be troubled by the things that we see happening around us. Look, I know that is a huge statement today. I know it is. We're living in a world that is gripped by fear and despair right now. 
There is incredible grief that is echoing across this planet. We're surrounded by people who don't know what is coming and we can't even reach out and embrace one another. You know, it, it, just, it just floored me this week when I realized that we are cautiously fearful of coming into the very presence of the people that we long to be with. That we long to be with. You can't go into the house of the homes of your grandchildren. You can't wrap them in your arms and give them that smothering kiss. It's just heartbreaking where we are right now. But I have to say to you this morning that the word of God that you were reading six months ago before any of this fell upon us is the same word of God today. And if we will fix our hearts and our minds on him, if we will come to him with thanksgiving, if we will earnestly humble ourselves in our supplications, in our requests before him, if we will bring everything to him, God will fill your thoughts and his, your beings with his peace. He brings it into your presence. There's no promise here that we're going to understand everything. But we don't have to be troubled, child of God. We don't have to be troubled. He said, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That is, you know, that is that word, will guard, it will garrison your hearts. That's the word. God's promise is to set a fortress around your hearts and your minds and to keep you in peace. Can you picture that? God garrisoning around you and, 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 and just protecting your heart and your mind. Why? Because you trust him. Why? Because indeed he is the rock of ages. He is the everlasting strength. You, God, will keep us in perfect peace if we will set our minds upon you, if that's who we are, God will keep you in his peace, Christian. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Look, everything is shutting down around us. Will you trust him? Your trust means, will you lean upon him? Will you lean the weight of your being upon him? Jobs are disappearing. Are you going to trust him? We've been restricted to our homes. Are you going to trust him? We're seeing infection numbers rise faster and faster every single day. Are you going to trust him? We are hearing the mortality rate and we don't want to hear it. But I've got to say again, are you going to trust him? Are you going to stay your mind on him? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus at the forefront of our thoughts and our minds. Give everything to him, Christian. Everything. But we've had these verses as placards around our homes. As long as we've been Christians, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And what will He do, believer? He will direct your path.
And I just want to be where he is. Where he is in the midst of this thing, because that's where the peace comes flooding in. Look, I'm not trying to ally or allay your fears with some help, self-help program. You know, it amazes me, it really does. I've been on, online this week, as most of you have been online this week, and you know, in social media, every Tom, Dick and Harry, the cat and their dog, everybody's coming on with their own way to make you feel happier about yourself and the situation that you're in. I've seen people do all sorts of weird things. Too crazy to even mention now. Too crazy to even mention now. No, this is not a self-help program. God says, make the focus of your mind and your heart Jesus Christ. He says, trust me in all these things and I will keep you in perfect peace. You see, you don't have to do it. You don't have to generate it. You don't even have to understand how God is communicating His peace to you. He just brings it in. I can't explain it. That's why we call it. That's why Paul called it the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's not about words. It's it's not about thoughts. It's not about it's 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 not about anything other than and knowing that God is in the very midst of your life right now. Give it all to Him. Trust Him with everything. And He will flood your being. I love that Paul, I love that Isaiah says, He is, He is our everlasting strength. He's the fortress of our being. He's going to do it. He's going to do it for us all. He's going to keep us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to lift us up. He's going to bring us through the storm. And we're going to have a testimony to this world of a great and awesome God. Look, you know, there's an image that has often come back to me. And it's the Sea of Galilee. You know, and twice we're told in the Gospels of the disciples being on the Sea of Galilee. And the storm raging, and twice we've been told, we've been told of the, the fear that entered the hearts of the disciples. And twice we've been told that God, Christ stood up. He brought peace and he allayed their fears. And once we're told that they sat in that boat, that boat and they looked up into his face and said, who is this? Even the waves, even the, even the very wind and the obey him. That's the boat they're in. But here, what we have to realize there's so many boats out there. The storm is raging, it's true. There's boats everywhere, and, and there's people in those boats. But they don't have their saving with them. Their boats are fast sinking. Child of God, we have to live in such a way, in such a way that they see your boat. They see the one that is in the boat with you. 
They see you looking up into his face in awe of his majesty, his power and his might. They see you so deeply in love with him. They see you embracing, embracing who he is. They see you trusting your life to him and they see the ensuing peace that overwhelms you and keeps you. Lord in heaven, may they see us and may they come and get in the boat with us. May they want to be in the boat with us. Oh, a glorious thing. A glorious thing. I am. I think we need. Uh, I think I'm stuck. But let us. Let us be reminded. You know where that peace started? You know where that peace started? It started 2,000 years ago. When Christ hung up on a cross for us. And he gave his life for us. And we discovered the forgiveness of sins. He brought us into eternal fellowship with him. And he began to speak through a group of men who began to share that same truth with all mankind. And here we are today. So if you've prepared your hearts and you've prepared to gather around the communion table, I invite you to do that with me this morning. You know, when I'm stuck and I don't know where to go, this is where I find myself. I find myself at the foot of the cross. I find myself listening to his precious words. I find myself hearing those words, Father, forgive him, he doesn't know what he's doing. I find myself hearing that victorious cry is finished. I find myself walking to a tomb on resurrection morning. I find myself hearing the words of the angelic host declaring he is risen. Go tell the others. I find myself standing on the Mount of Olives with the disciples and hearing the angel as he is ascending into heaven. I find myself hearing those words in the manner that he was gone, he's going to come again. And I reflect back to that night when he was the disciples and he said, he said, don't be troubled because I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come again. I'm going to receive you myself. We don't have to be troubled, brothers and sisters. This cup and this bread represents what he has done for us and the peace that he has brought between mankind and the eternal God. He has shown us the way and if we will trust in him, 
You see, this bread, this bread speaks of his body that was lifted up. You see, this bread speaks of the bread of life, who Jesus was to us. And as we take this bread and we feed upon who he is and what he has done, and he lives his life in us and through us, and this cup represents the blood that was shed, the perfect blood of the sinless Son of God that has been shed for all mankind, that if we would place our faith upon him or in him, he would forgive us of our sin. He would make us sons and daughters of the Most High God, and he would fill us with his peace. He'd bring hope to our hearts and he would secure us in every moment, knowing that he is in everything and he's always working. And that wonderful promise that I guess, I guess we, have, we have repeated in this place more than any other promise in the Bible, and that is, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And those words, again on the Mount of Olives, spoken to the disciples, I will be with you. Always, even after the end of the age, we take the bread with me. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for what you have done in Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for the bread of life. We thank you that you live in us. We thank you that you live through us. We thank you, Lord, that you bring power to every day. Thank you, Lord God, that you give us strength for our every moment. Thank you, Lord God, that you give us eyes to see the path and the steps that you've laid out before us. Precious Jesus, we thank you for your forgiveness. Let's take the bread together.